was. Maybe it was a hard year, and it feels like it was more like a, maybe it was a two or a three for you. Or maybe things have been great, and it's more like a seven or an eight. Well, for the Polskis, who are not here, they were at the first service. They did make it to the first service. But for us, um, 2018 was a little more on the difficult side. In fact, from September of 2017 to this past fall, uh, we spent 84 days in a hospital with our daughter Stephanie. And so, um, yeah, each of those hospital stays took a toll on Stephanie and the family to some degree or another. And uh, her recovery time at home was also added to that 84 days and each was three different stays that we were at the hospital. And each one had a certain amount of days slash weeks of recovery. And uh, yeah, so for the year it was a little on the difficult side as we look back. But for you, you may have said it was an eight out of 10. It was a good year because you had maybe success in your business or work uh, or in school, things were awesome. Good family relationships or new friendships, whatever it may have been. 2018 may have been a year that included a lot of exciting things, new challenges, new tasks completed. Maybe there was a great holiday in there somewhere that was awesome and that pushed the scale up high. Or maybe you rated this past year out of 10 as compared to the previous year. Maybe 2017 wasn't a great year. And so 2018 was way better than 17. I don't know how you rated this past year. Or maybe you would rate this past year at just a five. It wasn't anything great. It wasn't anything that bad. It was pretty much the same as any other year. Nothing very exciting happened. In fact, it was just kind of a dull year, kind of just getting up, going to work, going home, going to school, whatever it might be. Every day seemed the same as the, the day before. Just, yeah, it was okay. Maybe 2018 deserves only a two out of 10 for you. Maybe there were some really hard things that you went through. Nothing went the way it was supposed to. The year for you may have included tragedy, sickness, loss of friends. Maybe there was marriage problems. Maybe there was kid problems. Maybe there was a death in the family. And all of those things, or some of those things, made the year rate really low for you. How would you rate this past year? Think back and check what kind of a person you were in 2018. Mm, that's a different question. How were you in 2018? Are there some regrets? If you were able to have some part of this past year over again, how would you have behaved differently? Would you have shown more understanding? Cared more? been more patient, less critical, been more supportive and helpful? How would you rate yourself in this past year? Well, as I reflect on this past year, there were some things that I could have handled differently. I could have done some things differently, for sure. Leaned into some things differently, adjusted how I approached something I remember in the midst of the seven-week stint in hospital that Stephanie had, and um, I don't think I handled that super well all the time. 
I watched the summer go by. We went in in June, we came out in August. We had plans, the surgery that she was gonna have or that she had was supposed to be two, maybe a three week recovery and we had summer plans and holidays and those all vanished as every day clicked by. We got up, went to the hospital, 7.30 every morning or around there at the hospital doing our thing. Watching our daughter in pain wasn't that exciting. That was hard. A week went by and another week and another week and wow, seven weeks, that was a long time. And then there was all the recovery time afterwards. This wasn't how we planned it. Yes, there was some resentment that snuck in. And probably a little bit of bitterness as I watched from the window people scurrying out and doing their holidays and doing their stuff. There were times that I did not handle that well. And on this side now, I look back and I go, hmm, could have done that a little differently, I think. Stephanie's doing really well. She's healthy and vibrant and enjoying life. And so we're pretty thankful for that. So there is lots to be thankful for on this side. But as I reflect on me, how Brian did, just in that, there's some things I could have done differently. How about your relationship with God? Did that flourish and grow in 2018? Or did it just hover in much the same place as it did the previous year? Or perhaps it even went backwards as you prayed less, heard less from God, worshiped less. Maybe God didn't have a big part to play in the year during, uh, in your life during this past year. Somehow he just slipped into the background. You could well ask this question. How much did my life reflect the fact that I am a child of God? How did I reflect the fact that I am a child of God? Did I speak as a child of God? Did I act with the love of God in my heart? Did I interact with others with the same love and forgiveness that Jesus has shown toward me? Did my actions and service and love for others reflect my relationship and love for Jesus? In other words, the things I did, were they done out of my relationship that I have with Jesus? Not out of guilt or out of obligation, but out of my love for Jesus. As we stand on the threshold of another year, Jesus tells us a story. It's a very brief story, but it's very clear. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke 13. Luke chapter 13. And there's a little story about a fig tree. There's no backdrop to this outside of Jesus is just teaching. If you look back, he's teaching about the hypocrisy. He's teaching about money and possessions. And then in 12, he starts and he's called a repentance. And then starting at verse 6, he tucks this little story about a fig tree. We read it, starting in verse 6, Luke chapter 13. Then Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. 
but he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years, and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. The gardener answered, Sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year, and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs this next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Hmm. The message of the fig tree. Why should that tree remain standing in the garden? Why should it keep taking up space, using up the goodness of the soil, if it's serving no purpose? What's the point of having a tree that should bear fruit but does nothing? Maybe you've had a tree in your garden that was a big disappointment or a plant or shrub. And you saw it there a couple of years and you said, okay, I'm done. I don't like that thing. It's out. It has no purpose in my garden. And you came in with the axe, chopped it down, roots and all, and it came. Jesus' words, cut it down right now. Cuts deeply. The owner has a right to be disappointed and angry at that useless tree. It's no wonder he wants it destroyed. But as we listen to Jesus' story, we know Jesus isn't talking a fig tree, is he? He's talking about you and me. He's talking about you and me. We are led to ask ourselves, am I bearing fruit? I keep sucking up the nutrients of the soil in which I've been planted, and when am I going to show some kind of fruit to match the years I've been standing in God's garden and all the opportunities I've been given? Jesus takes a breath and continues, leave it alone one more year. The gardener pleads, I'll dig around it, fertilize it, and if it bears fruit next year, doesn't, then cut it down. And with that, Jesus ends the story of the fig tree, leaving the listeners to ponder this story. The generosity, the patience, the grace of the gardener. They are struck by the words of the gardener when he says, leave it alone. The words used by Jesus would also imply forgiveness. They know that Jesus wasn't simply telling a story about a fig tree, but he was talking about God and the way he forgives us, even though we don't deserve such generosity or such kindness. You see, God has given us some wonderful soil to grow in. In Colossians chapter 2, you don't have to turn there, but in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, it says, And now... Just as you accepted Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built upon him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. As God's people, we build our lives on Jesus. Our very existence, our day-to-day -day living, our every breathing moment has its source in him occupy valuable space in the garden. The soil is rich and our roots are there and the owner of the garden is looking 
for fruit. He's looking for fruit. God wants to see in us the kind of fruit that he would expect to see from someone who has been made new and holy through the blood of Jesus. For someone who has been given new life by the living What does the fruit look like in your life? I find it interesting that Jesus doesn't talk about what it looks like. He just says there's no fruit on this fig tree. Have you ever opened up an orange that was rotten inside, thinking it was a big luscious orange, and you open it up, it's so disappointing. Or an apple, a nice red apple, and you bite into it, and it's like dry and chalky, and it's like, Oh, that into the garbage it goes. So disappointing, isn't it? I wonder if the tree that those fruit came from were just malnourished and depleted. No moisture. So disappointing. So what about you and me? We're planted in this beautiful garden. What does the fruit look like? Let me stop here and say this. This is really important. Not to get caught in the checklist of the do's and don'ts. Go to church, check. Get my tithe, check. Serve at the church and do all that kind of stuff, check. Help those in need, check. And you might have a whole bunch of boxes that you like to check off that resemble fruit in your life. That's not what this is talking about. Those are all great things. And they may well be fruit in your life. But that's not what this is talking about. This is all about being in the right place where we are connected to and drawing nourishment from the fruit bearer, Jesus. Listen to what Jesus said in John 15. Many of us know that passage. It says in verse 5 of John, John chapter 15, he says, Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches, and those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And it goes on. The key is to be connected to Jesus. He is the one who can enable us to be what we ought to be, a fruit-bearing tree. A fruit-bearing tree. We need him to help our branches bear fruit. Without him, we will reach the end of the year and we'll have to go, I don't know, maybe it's a two. I'm not very satisfied in this year. We, don't, we have not reached our full God-given potential. Give the tree one more year, the gardener says. Give the tree one more year. The owner wanted to chop down the gardener isn't going to give up. He's going to dig around it, turn over the soil, add some fertilizer, show it some TLC, and give it another chance. Isn't that, isn't that typical for the Spirit of God in us? The soil may be brown and hard-baked, but he's, he's going to water it. There's going to be a change. The gardener is determined he's not going to Every day, our human nature is inclined to want to break the relationship that God has with us and turn our back on the way he wants us 
to be as his children. We are like the fig tree that fails to produce good fruit, but thank you, God, for the patience and the grace of the gardener. Jesus gives himself for us. He becomes the fertilizer for us as he is rejected, laughed at, crucified as a criminal. On the cross, the nails, the thorn spikes, spear dig into him and he waters the ground with his blood for you and for me. He does everything. trust in his grace. In Christ, we are made beautiful, fruitful trees. He digs around so that the love of God pours out of us and begins to work in us, and we become lovely people, fruitful people through Jesus. It is his work in us that bears the fruit that this message is talking about. Parable is talking about. The parable about the fig tree makes it quite clear that we have been unfruitful, unfaithful. Yet, in spite of our lack of bearing fruit, God is faithful. And Jesus purposely doesn't explain this parable, He knew the listeners would get it. They would understand that this story was about them, about us. We're going to uh, finish the service with another package of worship. And before that, I'm going to read some, a verse for us and to have some time of reflection. And um, so the worship team can come back up. And I would say, be sure of this. Be sure of this. Jesus waits for us. Spade in hand. Wheelbarrow by his side. Ready to bring us into 2019. That's a promise. Armed with that promise, we can step forward into the new year. Ready to let him do the work in us that only he Thank him for his goodness in giving you, giving us another year of grace. And so as we take some moments to reflect on what's the fruit look like in my life? How is this fig tree doing in God's garden? Jesus has given me another year, another season what's that going to look like what's that going to look like I'm going to read a psalm to you this morning I'm going to read it twice first time I'm just going to read it through the second time I'm going to pause on some key words and then there's going to be some silence for a bit where you can just let God through his Holy Spirit speak to you Ask him about this big tree.
27.4 says, here's the one thing I crave from God, the one thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. Here's the one thing I crave from God. The one thing I see Finding the sweet loveliness of his face. Filled with awe. Delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live. 